Welcome to Tech Live. Stephanie Christopher here, CEO of the Executive Connection. We connect leaders with a trusted network of people who help them succeed. Our guest today is Paul Smith. Paul is the award-winning founder of Future Directors Institute, and he is described as a boardroom futurist. He's one of the leading thinkers on where next for corporate governance and speaks regularly around the world on the themes of board diversity, inclusive decision-making, and the concept of the future director. Paul Smith, welcome to Tech Live. It's great to be here. Thanks, Stephanie. I love this topic and we've talked about it. Assuming that everyone listening to this isn't a board director, why is this relevant for people running and leading and founders of small businesses? It's a great question to start with as well. And I think uh, I, I'll answer that question by telling a little bit about my story, about my introduction to the boardroom. Mm. There was two things happening at the same time. One, I was an executive within a listed company. And so I got exposure to a boardroom. At the same time, I joined my first board, sort of by accident. I didn't mm. really know what I was getting myself into. Mm. And so I got exposure to the influence and the power, but also the problems the boards have. So in those two things that happened, sort of not simultaneously, but in the same time frame, gave me massive exposure to, okay, there's this group that companies have, whether it's not-for-profit or it's a listed company or a private company, whatever it happens to be, that makes decisions on behalf of this whole thing. And no one knows about them. Mm. Very few people know about them. Mm. No one looks at them. And they're just all these senior people, um, mm. doing the air quotes, um, and they, they're, they're essentially directing a company. Yeah. And at the same time, I was working heavily in conscious capitalism and the B Corp movement and seeing business as a force for good and the SG and all that sort of side of things and CSR as it was called mm. before that and going, okay, we want to see businesses and organizations performing better, doing better. The boardroom is a conduit for that. And yet they're not set up to be that way. So I think the first thing was to bring as much awareness. That's why we should care about the boardroom because especially for executives, you know, one of the things we, we're starting to talk about here is if you go and talk to most CEOs and you ask them about their board, yeah, the response will tend to be negative, like they're a drain. Mm -hmm. But what if, this is our thinking, what if your board was your number one competitive advantage? Oh, that's interesting. Like, so that's the pitch we have is we're capacity builders at an individual and a collective level. So our thinking is, let's turn this around. So this board being this top-down handbrake or thing in the way or tick box thing that just is either passive or is actively, you know, getting in your way as many CEOs think they are or founders think they are. Like, mm. what if it was a competitive advantage for you? What if a group of people in the room helped you make strategic decisions, risk-based decisions, directed or steward what we like to say governance is about stewardship? What if they literally were an amplifier, which is what they really should be, but they've, they're not. By and large, they're not. And I predict that the majority of board directors would love to be seen as that. That that would be because most people who sit on a board have been an executive or a CEO. In, in fact, all of them, or most of them have. And so you'd have to think that 
they would love to be part of a world where they're really seen as the competitive advantage of, for a business. And this is the interesting thing. There's a couple of things to pick up on there. One, I would say most of them think they already are. Yeah, okay. And that's a problem. There's a distinct lack of self-awareness about, you know, the impact they actually have. Mm. Now, great boards have a beginner's, a learner's mindset. Mm. They really understand their role. They really understand how they can best support and challenge mm. at the same time and steward. But there's a lot of... Um, uh, in the in the room, there's a distinct lack of that self-awareness often at a collective level. It might happen at individual level, but you put any group of people together, a family, a team, anything else like that, you know, everybody dumbs down a little bit sometimes unless they're well-led or there's the great the great culture. Yeah. Um, interestingly as well, I make a point that, yes, the boardroom is full of lots of ex-CEOs and former C-suite, but that doesn't guarantee it's going to be a great boardroom. There's this, again, this myth that just because you run a company, you'd be a great board director. Mm. Or just because you've had 30 years of experience, you've gone through many cycles, you'll be a great board director. And also people think I run a company or I've got 30 years of experience. That's my next career step. Yeah. That's the natural, I, I've done this now. I'm going to do board work. And there's nothing wrong with that, but it's not for everyone. And I think it came up in a conversation we mm. had this there. There's so many boards in Australia. Mm. We are undersupplied with high quality people. And so people just end up on boards without really understanding what they're there for. And it, what it does is it perpetuates the cycle of underperformance in the boardroom at all levels. So let's go back to what they're there for. Yeah. So... What's the purpose of a board officially and why would a business have a board if you don't need to officially have a board? So let's get back to the, the value the and the purpose and yeah, back to the base. Okay. Basis. So, um, I'm writing notes down here, otherwise we miss something because I'll go down and write. Oh, I normally won't let anyone write notes. It's a reminder. Podcast. It's a reminder. I know that. I'm and you're right because you do. I'm a disruptor. Oh, yeah, you're such a disruptor because you're writing notes. <laughs> and, we're not, and we're not wearing headphones. I know you can't believe it. Still, more things, Stephanie. Yeah, things. It's, it's the 1%. Okay, so the purpose of the board. Um, there is no such thing as a universal purpose of the board. There are the legal fiduciary responsibility of the yeah. board. So those are legal in terms of whatever the Corporation Act say, which essentially act in the best interests. Yeah. The board's role is to govern an organization or a company, uh, and governance doesn't have a standard definition. Mm -hmm. Corporate governance, organizational governance doesn't have a standard definition, but by and large, it's, it's essentially the stewardship of an organization, processes and controls and direction. And what does that mean? So let's break it down. It what really means stewardship? it really means you're making decisions for the future of an organization and its direction going forward. So that's that's good. Yeah. That's a its great... role is amazing. Yeah. Like it it has a tremendous amount of responsibility yeah. on paper. Yeah. And then legal responsibilities, moral responsibilities in to act in the best interest of all the stakeholders. Mm. Where it's been in the past is those stakeholders you might only focus on one or two of them, like the shareholders or donors mm. or regulators, as opposed to staff and yeah. customers in the environment or society, whatever it happens to be. So that's its, that's its role and responsibilities. Its purpose is different mm -hmm. for every single organization. You take, uh, like one of our uh, past clients was a scale-up. Mm -hmm. It's an um, organic skincare organization, mm -hmm. private business, 
has a group of investors. So the founders and the investors were on the board and we worked with them and they didn't really understand what their purpose was. So there was always this boundaries being crossed between what the board was doing and where their interests were and what the team were doing. And we distilled down their purpose to one line, which sort of led from everything else to get us to exit. Right. And so we've worked with other organizations where the purpose of the board is to amplify the mission. Uh, and again, lots of other things in between. So the role and responsibility of the board within a legal constraint within Australian Corporations Act and all the different things between, say, a charity and a private business and a listed company, they're all 90% the same. Mm. But the purpose of the board can be distinctly different. And most boards in this country, in fact, around the world, do not understand their purpose. They might understand the purpose of a company, yeah. but not their purpose. They might understand their role and responsibilities, but not their purpose. And it's very different. That is so interesting. So it's it's understanding, but it's actually going to be defining it, isn't it? Mm. And so what... And it can change. So it can well, evolve over Well, time. it would as, as the business goes through cycles or depending where exactly. the business is. So yes. the purpose of a board during COVID was very different. Yeah. Yeah. And again, interestingly, during COVID, the purpose of the board, if they had defined the purpose of the board beforehand, it would have made navigating COVID potentially easier yeah. because the board would have known what to get involved with and where to be. Yeah. You know, and that could be stepping back and just letting the operational team just deal with the fires and fires and fires yeah. or thinking, right, what happens after this or how do we build this into our risk management stuff? Like, what are we learning from this? Mm. Whereas what what most that happened, they're all like running around like headless chickens going, this is unprecedented, we don't know what to do, we don't do. And so there was no equanimity because they didn't have a guiding star. Mm. Like the purpose, like anything, is always that guiding star you can come back to. And again, it might be, sitting back and going, do we need to adjust our purpose right now? Mm. Like, is our purpose suddenly just survivability? Mm. Um, yeah. It's or, or support. Yeah. It or in my case, support. it was just, we are here to support you through this. Yeah. So it was stewardship. It's sort of, exactly, which is the same thing. Like, you know, if you think about steering the ship, mm. it's mm. you're there looking at the horizon, what's coming up, but making sure all of the all the parts of the ship are working and resourced appropriately to work because you're not doing the, the doing. Mm. You're just steering it. And often it could be from the front, the mm. top. Mm. I don't tend to think of boards as this top-down thing. No. I tend to think no. of them as, actually, I used to think of them as foundational support, the thing that you build on top of. Mm. But it's actually, I still see boards and governance as just this enterprise thing now. Mm. Everybody in a company is making decisions. So therefore, everybody's involved in governance. So, yeah, I really like this this different view of it. So back to the purpose. Yes. If a board, am I hearing from you a board stepping back and saying, we're going to work on developing our purpose, and we'll talk about how to do that in a minute. Is that something that the board would do separately, or you would say the board and management doing that together? Well, the CEO should be part of the board anyway. Yeah, so the CEO should be in the boardroom. doesn't mean they should be a board director. Mm. So that's a first distinction. And often you find that CEOs want to be a board director, so an MD or a founder from a I need to be in the room mm. and, and have a vote and that sort of mm. side of things. But if you have the right culture, it doesn't really matter. Mm. And also the board, one of the board's major jobs is to hire and fire. Yeah, that's know, a, it's a bit tricky. A bit of separation. Mm. Um, yeah, look, it's really interesting. The, the response to a lot of questions like that is, is it depends. It really depends on what is fit for purpose. Mm. Depending on what your envir operating environment is, the state life cycle you have, the board may be doing that and or management might be doing that or it might be a collective effort 
And again, I'm being as simplistic as possible. Yeah, of course. Lots of things in there. It's not like I was asked the other day, is there such a thing as an ideal board? Mm -hmm. And I said, no. Well, it depends. Yeah. <laughs> there's such an idea. There's a, there's, a, there's a basis level of things that you want a board to have in terms of values and attributes and stuff. And then you build on top of that whatever's fit for purpose. Mm -hmm. It could be size. It could be makeup, composition, mm -hmm. diversity. Frequency. Uh, yeah, all of that stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, too many people follow a herd and say, well putting a board together okay that means we have regular meeting blah blah, mm. blah i'm not a fan of regular board meetings i'm a fan of meetings by design by need rather than meetings by schedule right. well that that's disruptive <laughs> it's very disruptive can i take anyway. that but can i go back to purpose yes how do you start working with a board to define and live their purpose so the first thing is to understand what the organization's purpose is, mm. uh, the company's purpose, what, why are they, why do they exist? Mm. And that could be just to return money to shareholders, mm. although that doesn't really work no. in 2023 anymore. No. Um, and then what's their strategy? Mm. What's the strategy within the time frame? So, you know, whatever the time frame happens to be for their strategy, so three, five, 10 years, whatever it happens to be, and you work from that down and you go, okay, well then now we understand understanding what our role and responsibilities are legally what's our role within that whole thing that leads to the purpose of the board so you're workshopping it with the board mm -hmm. um but you you asked the question about why would you set up a board if you don't need to mm. as well and i think it's because of that amplification mm. it's because you can bring together a trusted group of people who can support and challenge and fill the gaps especially if you're a founder mm. um which obviously you'd have to be a founder setting a board for the first time is they're the only ones who would be setting a board like that. It's yeah. not, you know, ticking an accountant's piece of paper at the end of the year. So yeah. We had a board meeting. We decided the accounts are fine, which is what most that never businesses do. I don't do. know what you're talking about. Well, that's like all the ones who don't have, every single company in Australia has a board. Yeah. But it might be a board of one and they don't meet. Yes. So yes, you, yes, you, yes. I know what you're talking about. You're moving from that to like a more recognized yes. board that does stuff. And I don't mean advisory either. Um, I think the reason to have one is because you're trying to add and amplify what you bring already and filling gaps that you don't have, mm -hmm. you know, so it is taking the advisory board concept to a legally responsible, so they feel like they've got it's more... It's the formality of it as well, yeah, I it, think, it, it, is the accountability that you have as the founder or CEO to the board. Yeah, responsibility, accountability, mm -hmm. stewardship, these are all fantastic words, mm -hmm. I think often... When you're founding an organization, you know, you think that you might not be a natural, you might have founded a company because you had a great idea, obviously you have, but it doesn't mean you can survive without accountability. Yeah. I think every human no, being needs accountability. Yes, yeah, totally. Coaches and therapists yeah. and, you know, bosses or boards. Peer advisory groups. What's really interesting, mm -hmm. it flags something else. Often boards think they have no accountability and yet they do to all these stakeholders. Because they think the ones pushing out was from the boardroom, but actually the accountability can come in as well. And so that level of responsibility and feeling responsible mm. needs to be upped as well, because then boards will act even better um, in that respect. But, you know, why have a board? Uh, why start a board? It's hard because often it can feel like a time drain. But if done really, really well, it's an amplifier mm. and a connector and a strategic tool and a risk tool and you sort of surround yourself with people who've been there done that or maybe haven't been there done that but have another skill set which is relevant to what you are have a fresh perspective mm. as a founder or a business owner who's bringing a board together all you need to do is be open mm. and let go a little bit 
Yeah. And that's the hardest thing. Of this course. is why people stop because there's a, oh, I'm ceding control. No. Um, that depends on your shareholder agreements and stuff like that, yeah. the ownership structure. But maybe you need to need to do that. Maybe you need to let go a bit because who knows what might happen if you bring in the right people. That's the next step is mm. putting the board together appropriately. And that's where it all falls down. So we were talking the other day and you were saying one of the core issues that impacts board effectiveness is it's a group of people. What the hell does that mean? Yes. <laughs> Easy. And so the idea of the dynamic that that brings, the the ideal being collective wisdom, the wisdom of the crowd, no matter what size thing. Yeah. But there's that challenge to get through a group of people with all their incredible skills and experience and vulnerabilities and how you can't just assume having that group together is going to make an effective board. Yeah, exactly. Um, effective boards need great leadership. Mm. Uh, they need a set of really strong principles in terms of how they operate with each other. They need to be effectively incentivized mm. and that comes back down to purpose. They need to understand why they're there. Mm. And often they think we're there because it's a legal responsibility that we're aboard. So, well, that's one part of it. And so I, get, I come back to, if a board can understand its purpose, and I don't mean, again, it's not that responsibility, it's its purpose. And it's not necessarily the purpose of the organization. No, it's, be aligned it's not. With it. It's aligned, it's in support of. Yeah. Like you are yeah. one, you're one. It's like, if I think about enterprise, you know, when people think of governance, they think of the boardroom. The boardroom is just a, one tool of governance. Mm. And so it's that mindset that needs to shift around why am I here what are we trying to do and then you know I talk a lot about it putting that ego to one side which is the hardest thing so going back to what you said yes boards the two things I always teach first timers and try and teach anybody who will listen is that <laughs> two things about the boards. they're all listening to you now Paul <laughs> two yeah. things about a board every single board is the same and by extension every single board is unique and I said like every single board is just a group of human beings there's no like you know, robots and stuff in there just yet. Yeah. Uh, it's coming, I'm sure. Um, but by extension, because of the uniqueness of those individuals, they're all unique. But you go back, they're all the same because every single human has flaws and mm. skills and biases and strengths mm. and skills and weaknesses, every single one. So how do you get the best out of that group? You have a great culture, you have great leadership, you have curiosity, you have vulnerability. If all these collective and individual traits that has them going, how do we do the best we possibly can? You have then external stuff like incentive structures. Mm. Uh, you have alignment to purpose. You have understanding of stakeholders, all this sort of stuff that really lines them up. But you also have this constant need to evaluate what you're doing. You need this feedback loop. You also need a refreshment of who's in there mm. as much as you possibly can, like not like every year, but mm. just to keep things fresh. Mm. And because an organization, a company will always evolve and go through different cycles, you shouldn't have board members sticking around for 20 years. Mm. Well, you could, mm. as long as they evolved with it as well. Yeah, There's nothing yeah. wrong with any of this stuff. I always ask this wonderful question. Who would you rather have on your board? A 50-year veteran of your industry who knows everyone yeah. or a 25-year-old entrepreneur who's started five companies and failed four times both it's not that it's it depends yeah 
Yeah. And I think that's the trick question that picks people yeah. up is it actually goes, well, maybe I need neither of them. Maybe I need both of them. Maybe I need one of them. Yeah. It really does. It depends. And that's the first question is it goes back to what is fit for purpose? What is fit for my, if you don't know your purpose, you don't know what fit for is. Yeah, I like that. So let's, let's take it back again. Assume that you already have a board. There, you have a, there is a board. And all the things that we've said, and again, assume that everyone is doing the best they can with what they have in this world, pretty well everyone. And the intent is great and the, the engagement with the organization is great. How can a board go from good to great? Where would you start with that? Uh, the first thing I would do was, would be to do a really deep dive, what we call a health check. Mm. It's like going to the doctor and having a full body checkup yeah. inside and outside. And that will pinpoint for you all the things you're doing well, but also all the things you're not doing well, but it will, if it done well, it will uncover all the things where you're not quite sure, you know, the unknown, the known unknowns and the unknown mm. unknowns and all that sort yeah. of things and where there's like disparities between groups. Mm. And then you go, okay, well, we're killing it over here. We're doing really well. Mm. Let's see how we can keep mm. doing that. And, but over here, this is holding us back. Let's work on that. And then you can play to your strengths and you can look at prioritizing what you need to do. And so I think this is constant feedback loop of wanting to do better, wanting to do better. For me, like, there's a couple of things around boards and directors that you enter the boardroom as whole and complete. You know, you've had a long career, you've built up these skills and everything else like that. And then you go into a boardroom to give that to, gift that to the organization, the company, whatever it happens to be. Yeah. And you may or may not get paid for that. Yeah. Um, we don't live in that world anymore. We live in a world which is full of ambiguity and uncertainty and change and digitalization and globalization and nationalization and everything else like that. Yeah. And it's chaotic and you have to continuously grow and evolve and change. And that requires you to consistently looking back at yourselves individually and collectively about are we doing the best job we can? How can we learn more? What can we do to bring in new different techniques? So even the best boards, the one thing that defines a great director and the great board is that curiosity, that mindset of, I need, we need to keep on learning. Mm. Not that it becomes debilitating, like mm. just learning for learning's sake, mm. but like, are we doing the best we can? Mm. And if we're not, what can we do? And you sometimes as a group are too close to it. So having, you know, some sort of review mechanism mm. internally or just some sort of a different perspective. So a, a health check and a review. Yeah. Um, then the even if it's part. just like yourself, just, yeah. I, I always in, say at the end of each board member, a board meeting, virtual or otherwise, just ask simple questions. Did we achieve what we wanted to achieve? Yeah. Are we doing a great job? Is there anything else we could do differently yeah. this time? Just these little mini reviews. It doesn't have to be this mega, nice. big, expensive nice. thing, although, you know, come for us if you want. <laughs> for the really expensive. <laughs> no. We're very reasonable. But we're very good. Um, but it's just this, this feedback loop. Um, but you have to have the mindset that we believe we can, we are, we could do better. Yeah. And this is often the problem in the boardroom is they don't think there's a problem. And that's the mindset. If you have that open learning mindset of, of course we could do better, that makes you a much better. Yeah. Then, then, then the biggest barrier is like, yeah, of course we could do better. Are you? 
No, it's like that cartoon. Yeah. It's like someone at the front said, "Who wants change?" Everyone's hands up. Yeah. Who wants to? Who wants to change? So everybody's standing there with no hands up and says, who wants to lead the change? And there's everyone's scarf. Yeah, 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 yeah. In the boardroom, you just can't avoid leading the change. You can't avoid the yeah. stuff. So, you because know, you're the leadership. You are. You are the ones mm. guiding it. If you're not doing it, who's going to do it? No one's going to do it. Or you'll be forced to do it, which is what's happening. Yeah, okay. So with the, um, the health check and then part of that, I guess part of the health check would be, are we clear on our purpose? Yes. And if the answer is, well, we think we are, but maybe... Or four or five. Are we aligned? Eight of us don't. Yeah. Okay, that's great. And so from then, it's it's starting to make a plan about how we're going to move closer towards where we want to be. Yeah, and the way I I talk about this is there's two types of agenda for a board. Mm. There's the meeting agenda, yes. and then there's the board's agenda. What are we trying to do this year or this term mm. in terms of you know relative to our purpose, relative to the group ourselves? Again, is that it's not navel gazing. It's just looking at you, you and your performance, mm. as opposed to what you're normally doing is looking at the operations performance. Yeah. But if you can't get yourself right, how can you expect everybody else to? You literally are supposed to set the tone you lead in that respect. You mm. may not be operational leaders, but you can set the tone. And hence, why going back to the very start, we said sometimes you're going to ask the CEO, "What was my board like?" Then you're not going to get a positive response, mm. and that's the stuff that's the real problem. And I think after this conversation and after knowing you, it's, it may not be a positive or negative response. It might be, I don't know. Yeah, or it is what it is. What, I don't know. What's it's different. Like, yeah. it's, I don't know. Yes. But yeah. perhaps from this discussion and more and reading your book will be ideas about, but do you know what it could be? Imagine if it really was amplifying my strategy or imagine if it really was... Um, your number one competitive advantage was your board. There you go. Your number one competitive advantage could be your board. Imagine that for the millions of companies and organizations around the world where the board was actually their competitive advantage on top of their product. And apart from anything else, how exciting and aspirational would it be to be on a board? Yeah, and how exciting would it be to be a CEO turning up to your board meeting as opposed to Deep breath. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's right. Or, I mean, I really look forward to mine. That's great. And I love this. I hope they're listening. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> You're all fantastic. No, but more importantly, I love this aspiration of imagine if your board was your greatest competitive advantage. I think that's that's the challenge. That's the reason for re-listening to this podcast and that's the conversation that I love you driving, not only in this country, but around the world. And Paul Smith, thank you so much for joining us on Tech Live. Thanks for having me. Lots of fun. So that's Tech Live for today. CEOs are in the business of making decisions and leadership is the art of execution. I'm Stephanie Christopher and look forward to talking to you next time.